chance to hear in depth from a Welsh rugby legend. And scorer of the try voted the best ever Wales try by you, the fans, on this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Yes, this week we speak to the one and only Phil Bennett, whose try against Scotland in 1977 has just been voted by Welsh rugby fans as the best Wales try ever. Quite an accolade and an opportunity to hear more 70s memories who's the player who might have improved even that team, and comparisons with the modern era. Yeah, Phil, first of all, great to speak to you, but also congratulations on that try up in Scotland being voted by the Welsh public as the best Wales try ever. Uh, how do you feel about uh, that vote coming out on top? Uh, yeah, I'm very, very proud, really, and I didn't realise how much it meant. Uh, until so many people have phoned me over the last say, three or four or five days saying, hey, you're in the semi-finals against somebody. Uh, I think it was Tipperick, perhaps it was a magnificent flanker. Then you're in the final against Scott Gibbs. And I thought, goodness me, what's all this about? And it's really taken off. And I'm so proud to have won it. A, that I scored the try, which I'm delighted that I did score the try. But secondly, perhaps for the team, you know, the whole team, but particularly perhaps the five or six guys who were involved in the movement that led up to the try. You know, great movement by Gerald Davis, Stephen lots of people, and the whole team. And I can say this, and perhaps we'll enlarge it later on. We won that game to win the Triple Crown. And I think to say thank you to the support of the thousands of Welsh fans who made the trip up to Edinburgh. Well, I suppose let's start by setting the scene, maybe, because you'd won the Grand Slam the year before, you'd lost to France that season, but had obviously won all the other games, and you go up to Scotland aiming for a second Triple Crown, and as you say, with a, a wave of support behind you. To win a Triple Crown in those days was fantastic. To win the Grand Slam was so hard, because France was a magnificent side. Fran Cotton says to me now, probably the greatest pack of forwards the French pack that he's ever played against so we had to beat France you know every season to win the Grand Slam but to win the Triple Crown was huge I was in the, the North British Hotel in Princess Street captain of the Welsh team and on Saturday morning I, I had my last meal on a Friday evening always you know the the doctors and scientists in charge of the Welsh team would laugh at me now no breakfast I'd have a cup of tea and I can remember walking around the back streets of Edinburgh about 10 o'clock on that Saturday morning the, the day of the match and loads of Welsh fans about but then a big huge lorry coming up a removals lorry in one of the back streets and I thought what the heck's this and it was a Welsh name and it's somewhere from the valleys all of a sudden a chap got out opened the back doors and about 25 people came out Welsh supporters <laughs> carrying cans of lager and sleeping bags and pillows and cushions and I said do a long journey boys you know now don't be long booking in we got a pub now in half an hour I thought my god fathers go back to the hotel and about 11 o'clock very nervous the worst part of the day you just want the game to come and there was a huge balcony in the north british going out there for a bit of fresh air me and one of the lads and i looked down princess street and i i was staggered there must have been oh, five to seven thousand welsh supporters coming down in their scarves their hats their rosettes some had welsh jerseys on and back home there was a lot of redundancies being made in the steel industry the coal mines weren't doing so well and I thought, here's all these supporters come up, and I believe Wales have got the greatest supporters in the world. They'd come up to Edinburgh by hook, by crook, and there they were to support us. And I remember saying to about half a dozen or eight boys who'd gathered by this time on the balcony, hey boys, 
we've got to win this today. We've got to win the Triple Crown for their sake as well as our sake. And uh, thankfully, we achieved that goal. And of course, Scotland were a pretty useful side and they took the lead, a, a really good try by Andy Irvin. So yeah. the pressure was piled on and of course they they were attacking at the start of the moment that, that ended up led, leading to that try. It was classic taking defence and turning it into attack, wasn't it? You're quite right. And a lot of people don't give Scotland the credit they deserve, perhaps. You know, when you look at that team very quickly, you had players in there like Andy Irvin, a magnificent rare. E. was a wonderful centre. Dougie Morgan was a lion scrum half. And you had forwards of Mighty Mouse, McLaughlin, Sandy Carmichael, Gordon Brown. So they were a, a very, very good side. And what I can remember, Andy Irvin, here he goes on one of his runs. He's running all over the place, beating man, but going sideways across the pitch. And I thought, Andy, where the heck are because he tended to run everywhere and then thank goodness he chipped the ball and was hoping to regather it but who was underneath it the man you don't kick to you know JPR Williams the rock you know he gets the ball gets it away to Steve Fennick now if you remember Steve Fennick now for one second he gets the ball out to Gerald Davis who's come a little bit inside and the magic man beats about four Scottish defenders twinkling feet sidesteps handoff as well gets the ball out to myself and there's David Bircher and an unrated centre on the outside. David takes it down the touchline. But who's now in the movement again? The man who gave the pass to Gerald Davis, Steve Fennick, a very underrated player, a wonderful centre. And as he takes the overhead pass from David Butcher, he takes a huge hit at the same time, but he's quality gets the ball away in one movement to myself and I realise now hey I've got about 30 yards to go and I remember two Scottish defenders there and I beat one and honestly for one second I thought what the hell is my Mouse McLaughlin doing back in his 22 trying to tackle me because I toured South Africa with him in 74 for three or four months and he hated forwards who were out in the middle of the park he wanted them scrummaging and fighting and kicking you know and I looked back at Mouse and I had a bit of a laugh really and I think he was in the auras, got underneath the post and I think everybody will remember perhaps me putting my chin on the ball and people say, oh, you were tired, Phil, or was it sad? You know, I was thinking, job done, triple crown, and maybe looking up to the crowd and saying, thank you very much. We have won this, yes, for Wales, for the team, but more than anything else, for you for making the effort to come to Edinburgh. And of course, it's also helped by the the wonderful Bill McLaren commentary and yeah. the try of the championship. But of course, now it's a little bit more even than just that. Well, I worked with Bill McLaren and he was wonderful when I played. He'd always come up and he'd Gareth set stories, he'd give you a sweet. And he was always impartial. If Scott Lemmer played home, he was down the line, down the middle. A wonderful man from the borders. He loved Scottish rugby, he loved the borders rugby. And to have, you know, I'm so lucky in life, perhaps two of the games that are highlighted, oh, that's one, the Scottish game because of the try and, and the triple crown and the great Bill McLaren doing it. Then you go back to Cliff Morgan stepping in for Bill McLaren. I I think in that 73 Barbarian versus All Blacks game, Bill had a pullout, Cliff Morgan came in, and his commentary is legendary. So very lucky that Cliff in 73 and then Bill McLaren doing it in 77. It does help. And as you say, that Steve Fenwick moment, A, he did well to get there. B, that skill. You look at all the professional players now and you look at how hard they work at their skills. And in a way, they're aspiring to reach that same level that you as amateurs could achieve. Well... 
Steve Fennick was a very underrated player. Do you know, it, it annoys me sometimes as well. You know, and it's great. They were magnificent players. And they'll go back and they'll say, let's go back to the days of the 70s. And they'll say names like JPR, Gerald Davis, Gareth Edwards, Mervyn Day. And they were incredible players. But besides them were some wonderfully talented players, J.J. Williams, etc. Lords. And Steve Fennick was one of those players. You know, he's a type of guy, you're on the pitch, he'd have a laugh and he'd take things easy. But he was very competitive. And I'd say sometimes to Steve, for a bit of fun, perhaps sometimes, it was a uh, penalty to Wales about 70 metres from the post. And I'd say, Steve, do you fancy a go? Ah, I'll have a go. And I'd say, no, I'm only joking, Steve, you know. I'm gonna, he was one of those men you wanted to play with, A, because he was a great guy off the field, loved a pint, mixing with the boys. On the field, he'd do his tackling, he'd do his passing. And for him to make the ground up like he did for that movement, and as you say, an arbiter in those days, probably trained once a week with Bridgend, played perhaps twice a week in those days. You know, I was looking back, my first season with the Scarlets, I played 52 games, I think. And, you know, it, it was incredible. Not as hard as today. Train Monday, play Wednesday, play Saturday. And it, they were great times because if you worked in heavy industry, and I'm not saying I worked in really heavy industry, but I worked in the steelworks where the boys looked after me. I think it is marvellous then that, you know, you could enjoy yourself on the rugby field and express yourself. And I was lucky to play with some wonderful, wonderful characters. And it was obviously a great era for Welsh rugby, but it is defined by the triple-triple crown, those two Grand Slams in 76, 78. 78, of course, turned into the swan song for yourself and Gareth Edwards, who'd been you know, at the heart of so much of it. So getting the triple crown that year is a major part of the 70s folklore, if you like. It, it was wonderful, really. I, I can make a statement now, which many people won't, they, they don't believe me. In 76, we had probably one of the greatest players, and I, I, along with today's players, I'm not judging who's the best or anything, but we had Mervyn Davis, captain in 76, against France, the last game to win the Grand Slam, and he was an incredible player, 71 Lions, 74 Lions, I had the privilege of touring with him, and yeah, you know, we are playing against France at Cardiff, and Mervyn has a, a bad calf injury, pulled a muscle in his calf or, and he was wrecked you know and he should have gone off without a shadow of doubt and Jerry Lewis is saying I think I'm going to take you off no I cannot give me five minutes and I can remember some of the boys saying Merv can you stay on and I can honestly say that Mervin stayed on limped the last 20-25 minutes put his tackles in got down on the killed the ball on the floor everything you'd need for a captain he inspired us and we won that grand slam simply because Mervyn Davis stayed in and then when you go to 78 when we won the grand slam against France again it was only one or two changes and I remember Edwards was up against a young French scrum half who was going to be the next great scrum half in world rugby and he was going to murder Gareth Edwards with his speed and everything and Gareth was coming to the end of his career I didn't know that at the time I was coming to the end of my career and Edwards was absolutely superb he, you know created a try beautiful long kicks along the touchline saving his forwards the hard work of running all over the place and it showed the true brilliance of the man and something in that game and I, I may be naive or what I don't know France were coming on top with 20 minutes ago we had a, a tidy lead but we'd been on a lion's tour in 77 so we were very 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 tired, the majority of the Welsh team. And I can remember with about 15, 20 minutes ago, I thought, hang on, we're going to lose this, we're not careful. Grabbing the boys and saying, come in here, boys, let's have a chat. And I was just about to say, hey, and all of a sudden, whether the crowd realised that we needed a lift, 
whether it was just coincidence that they started, but they started singing, and I've never heard singing like it. I remember looking around, and the boys looking at each other and thinking, my God, we've got to hang on and win this. And that's what we did. We hung on against a very, very good French side, you know, won the Grand Slam. And I always said something, when you won at Cardiff, if it was 3-0 or 33-0, as long as you won, the crowd would go away happy. And it was just great for us to say, Grand Slam, done and dusted with, made Welsh rugby, so very, very proud. And, and as I say, say thank you to the fans. If the 70s were this golden era and then Welsh rugby was in the doldrums for a little while, but then from 2005, the Grand Slam then and in Warren Gatland's time, we've seen more Grand Slams and we've seen a, a resurgence of Wales at that top level of international rugby. But this vote, I suppose, shows that people still have these romantic attachments to the great rugby that the 70s team played that's almost a bit more important than the success that you also had. I think you're spot on there. Welsh rugby was quite successful in the 70s, and then it went through a bad kind of period, if you like, uh, the past bad is too dramatic, but we lost some games where we normally would have won. And, and then I think, you know, for years, we had wars between the Welsh rugby union, the clubs, the regions, the Celtic warriors. I mean, I could go on and on, and sometimes it wasn't a great time to be involved or to be a Welsh rugby player. They took a lot of stick, but then they came back and showed great character, great strength. When we won the Grand Slam, well, I think it was 2005, I remember that week, I was the last captain to have won it in 78, so it was a lot of years in between there, and this will live in me forever. I spent the whole week, three days in the Vale of Glamorgan doing interviews, and Michael Owen was doing the interview, because I think he took over the captaincy, and could we win the Grand Slam? I think Mike Ruddock, who I respect immensely, was coach, but I was so tired. I'd gone down to somewhere like to a function, got back to an hotel in Cardiff about two o'clock in the morning, up to do interviews at seven o'clock, and I was totally gone. At the end of the game, the crowd are going absolutely bonkers. We won a Grand Slam, and it's in Cardiff, and I'm on the commentary box, and the boys are going round, and they pan the cameras to me, and I'm absolutely out of my feet. And I think the commentator said, one of the lads, Phil Bennett doesn't look very happy there. And I tell you what, I could hardly keep my eyes open, leave alone, be happy. I was just thrilled. And I mean this sincerely, that Wales had won the Grand Slam and taken the kind of pressure, if you like, from the 70s team. Because what was happening, some people were saying, some players were saying, ah, oh, it's all we get to hear about is those guys in the 70s, those guys in the 70s. So I was thinking, well done, boys. It's your honour now. You won a Grand Slam. Just enjoy the moment. It is one of the great moments. Yes, in this competition, the Justin Tipperick try, a great try against England this year, yeah. the Scott Gibbs try against England, Yian Evans, uh, a magical sidestep off the oh, right yeah. foot, a bit like your own. But we had the Gareth Edwards try against Scotland, we had the Graham Price try in, in France. Yes. The 70s tries, those length of the pitch almost efforts, uh, are still something special. Yeah. Different game entirely now, defensively, much harder to break the line of defence today. You know, when you've got a man like Sean Edwards 
taking the defensive work for Wales. One of the greatest rugby league players I've ever seen. A legend up in the north and a legend with his rugby union as well. So, so much more difficult. But there was more room, more space, and we were told to use our flair and skills. And there were some wonderful tries, you know. I remember Gareth's try against Scotland and typical Gareth Edwards. I hope he's listening to this. He had to dive in the mud to get red mud all over his face. He wanted another <laughs> night to or he wanted something out of that, you know. And he's going back and you're quite right. You know, I look back and, you know, you go back. I was lucky enough to get into the Welsh team as a very young boy or the squad, if you like, with men like and the older people will remember Brian Price, Brian Thomas, Denzel Williams, legends of that area. And I remember, who can forget, Keith Jarrett scoring that try against England. 18-year-old schoolboy from Monmouth School making his debut and running, collecting a loose kick somewhere near the halfway line, 50 metres. I think he scored 18 or 20-odd points. So there were times to be romantic, if you like, in those days and uh, score some great tries. And we were so lucky that we had players who took advantage of the room and space we had, uh, like J.J. Williams, like Gerald on the wings, for instance. And a man, do you know, I'm going to throw a name in here who I think would have gone on and maybe the listeners or whoever's listening to this could think, what about this man? Some might not remember him. A man called Morris Richards who played on the wing for Cardiff and signed for Salford, I believe, Rugby League. I went on tour with him to New Zealand with Wales 1969 and being brutally honest, the All Blacks destroyed us in two tests but he was the one player behind the scrum who wrecked the All Blacks. He was truly remarkable. And I think if Morris hadn't gone north, along with some other players, Morris would have been one of the great players in the history of Welsh rugby. So there was so much talent about in those days. It, it, it was great to be part of the scene. Well, it's interesting. It's great to reminisce. I suppose a final question, Phil. You're president of the Scarlets, president of your local club at Fellinvol. Just how are you finding things you know, at the moment? It's obviously difficult times for Welsh rugby. Ah, it's it's frightening. I I don't really know when we're going to get back. You know, I think of the Scarlets, the Parker Scarlets. There's a hospital there now, quite rightly, ready for the chorus virus. Things are bleak. Uh, when we've got matches left to play in Europe, we, you know, we've got home matches, two big Irish clubs, Leinster and Munster, I think, to come. So no revenue coming in there. Players uh, lost really don't know where to go. Change of a coaching structure there. It's all up in the air at the moment, you know. My little club, Bellingvore, uh, we are so reliant on matches every other Saturday that people come back to the club, we have a few beers. And what it does, you know, it keeps the community spirit going. I've gone to lots of small little clubs in Wales over the last year or so and I didn't realise what the rugby club I did I did realise but how much it meant to them you know that they had a few beers their friendships were kept going and I think you know please God my first thing is yes I want rugby back and they're on about moving the layers back and this and the other let them sort it all out there's men on the committee to do that let the small clubs really thrive again. But most of all, let us all be healthy, let us be safe and get back to living a normal life. That's a really nice message to finish with, Phil. Lovely to take a trip down memory lane with you. Thanks very much for your time. It's been my pleasure. Some really interesting thoughts and stories from a true legend of the game on and off the pitch, Phil Bennett. Next week, we'll hear from a couple of Wales women players who've been working in the NHS right through the current crisis. So listen out for that. But until then, from the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, goodbye and stay safe.